It's the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off the Leash. And a very good morning and welcome to another edition of Off the Leash, Tuesday, July 31, the last day of the month. And we've got a big show planned as I welcome in Andrew and Molly from GRV. Welcome, team. Hello. Morning, Trent. Been a big week. Uh, we're going to get stuck into it with the feature race from Saturday night, which, of course, at the Meadows was the Maturity Classic. The favourite off the red, Dinah Patty. And racing, Dinah Patty out fast on the inside of lead, settling down. Out in a hurry, Chiefs Empire, followed by Orson Allen as they race to the back straight. Check the first, and Aston Duke going to the back, and the leader, Chiefs Empire. A length and a half clear. The favourite, Dinah Patty's in hot pursuit, the outside. So is Orson Allen third. Eight lengths away, then came Trit Trit, followed by Cabotron. Aston Duke, and then came Wise PK, coming off the back straight, and Dinah Patty, the favourite, stormed to the lead. Two lengths in front of Orson Allen, turning for home, though. Dinah Patty is out in front, and it's going to be a great win here tonight. Patty in the uh, big maturity final over Orson Allen. Third spot again, a Trittred, I'd say, running on well at the end. Chiefs Empire followed by Wise PK, then Barriga Brett and Aston Duke, and the time is around 29.74. Well, she didn't find the front early, Dinah Patty, but she was awesome down the back, and she won convincingly. She was the favourite, as I mentioned. She gets the group one for Andrea Daly, and Molly, she was very impressive. Oh, she sure was. Look, it was group win number two after winning at the Speed Star at Sandown earlier in the year. Now, she's obviously trained by Team Daly, but it was a clean sweep for the entire maturity series for Dinah Patty, claiming not only victories in all three stages, but best of the night times too. So she was clocking 29.73, 29.80, and then again 29.73 on Saturday night. But Chiefs Empire flew out from box seven, and he recorded or stopped the clock at five seconds to the the first mark but unfortunately he was a sitting duck for the strength of Dinah Paddy who used the inside of the track to position herself bef- behind him in the early stages she ended up winning by just over two lengths from Orson Allen now no wonder trainer Corey Grenfell has such a high opinion of Orson Allen from box six he wasn't the fastest out but he drove to the fence and he had no fear so he finished second with Trit Trit rounding out the placings but I tell you what, an inside box draw for this greyhound in a group race, for me, mean, means only one thing, and I reckon that's victory. Yeah, well said. Uh, she was very impressive, but gee, Orson Allen absolutely pinged the leads. He's got a lot of speed, that's for sure. Now, Andrew, you picked him during the week, or last week as well. You had him, you know, pretty high regards. Yeah, I did. I thought Donna Patty would win, but I did really fancy Orson Allen. I thought he was good value. I think he was paying about $6.70. Ended up... Uh, paying $2.40 the place, so pretty good value there. He is capable of running your, your five deads early. He doesn't do it consistently, but when he gets going, um, he, he's something special. I think he's got it at both ends, which is good. And I spoke to trainer Corey Grenfell after the race, and um, he actually felt that had Orson Allen been in box one and Dinah Paddy in box six, it might have been a different result. And um, I think Tom Daly as well, uh, of course, uh, Andrea Daly's husband, sort of felt pretty similar. He was very relieved that in the early stages of the race that uh, it wasn't Orson Allen out in front because um, if it was, he thinks that Dinah Paddy might not have been able to run him down. She certainly had the luck with the box draws throughout the series, Dinah Paddy, that is for sure. Let's keep an eye on Orson Allen throughout the coming months. He's very exciting. Uh, Molly, Dinah Paddy is a daughter, of course, of champion Fernando Bale, and we know he dominated on the racetrack, but what he is doing as a sire off the track now is simply phenomenal. 
Oh, it sure is. Look, he is. There was no shock that he's ranked number one in Australia for size this year by prize money. Now, have a listen to this. He's had 476 runners for more than 5.8 million dollars in prize money. Now, second place, and also I suppose you can call him kennel mate, Barsha Bale, is held by Paul Westervelt as well. Um, Barsha Bale's progeny has earned more than 5.6 million dollars. But the thing is, his starters have had, or he's had more, almost a thousand starters more than what Fernando Bale's progeny has. So it just proves how amazing, you know, Fernando Bale is as a sire. It's really, really good to see. Now the attention turned to the uh, turned to the nationals this week with the distance and sprint. Uh, heats being held right throughout the country, including at Sandown Park here in Victoria, Andrew, and Fernando Bale's going to have no shortage of uh, contenders throughout the country. Yeah, no doubt about that, Trent. Uh, just looking through the the sprint fields, he'll have Dinah Paddy, Hecton Bale, Poke the Bear, and Haston Slowly as his main chances across the sprint. All over the distance, uh, Tornado Tears and Rip and Sam are also Fernando Bale pups. Just looking through some of the other sprinters, interestingly, Benali, a quality stayer, he's going to go over the sprint. Strike a light as well. Of course, it's going to be great to see her. Orson Allen. But how about this with some news? Uphill Jill, back racing again. Wow. Big. Very That's big. Very exciting. Very exciting. She's uh, well, she's a bit of a pin-up girl of the greyhound racing world and been uh, been injured now with a, with a fracture in her leg. So uh, all her fans will be great. We are uh, looking forward to seeing her race again on Thursday night. Interestingly, some news just come to hand. My Redeemer, her half-brother, of course, a Group 1 winner, He's actually out. Uh, t- trainer David Gill electing to go for the Warrigal St. Ledger in a week or so's time instead. So um, there's some news out of there. But Molly, I mentioned Tornado Tears and Rip and Sam. They're certainly the, the highlights or the highlight dogs in the staying series for Victoria. But you've got your eye on another contender. Yes, look, I picked this up a little while ago. A greyhound by the name of Flying Flyer, who's trained by Andrea Daly, is actually all the way from Ireland. Now, the Daly's told me they purchased her for her amazing bloodlines. They just said it's royalty over there, not knowing the bloodlines very well in Ireland. But um, George did tell me that she is bred immaculately. And so the the idea was to bring her over, breed from her, but the fact that she's got to the track and also racing in group contention, she was in the Destiny Fireball race um, mm-hmm. as well a couple of weeks ago. So it's fantastic that, you know, she's going on not only, you know, for the future of breeding, but the fact that she can actually do it on the track too. It's interesting to see how dogs from outside of Australia compete against the dogs we have here because we do like to think that we're pretty elite. We do, and just <laughs> looking forward to the Nationals. So August 9, that'll be next week on the Thursday night, every single state in Australia will be holding their state finals. And, of course, the grand finals will be held at Sandown Park on Friday, August 24. So a great month of racing ahead. It is indeed. Very exciting times. You mentioned My Redeemer there. I saw My Redeemer snuck around at Sandown Park on Sunday and won at $1.04. He yeah, did, yeah. 600 I think it yeah, was. Yeah, the 595 Very of, impressive. Bit so, of a confidence run. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving on. Adoption Day this weekend in Warrigal. The first ever Greyhound Adoption Day to be held in the Gippsland region is fast approaching. And Warrigal is the lucky club to hold this momentous event, Andrew. It is, yeah, Warrigal. Just 90 minutes from Melbourne. Anyone wanting to take the trip down there? Uh, Greyhounds do make great pets. We're adopting around about 1,300 around Victoria each year. So that is a great result. They're becoming more and more popular. They're great in the office for those workers who work in the city. They also 
great with families and also living in apartments. But you do have to register to come along to this event, and you can do so okay. by going to gap.grv.org.au. Uh, we're going to have a chat to a very special guest shortly, Jerry Rigg, who's uh, doing some good things on the uh, coursing scene. But, Andrew, just before we bring Jerry online, explain to the listeners that aren't aware what coursing actually is. Yeah, so it's racing up the straight one-on-one. It's non-tab racing, so you can't go down to the TAB and have a punt on on the coursing, but it's raced at three tracks around Victoria, Benalla, Longwood and Lang Lang. Greyhounds race one-on-one and the winner stays on. It's basically a knockout competition. If you win, you have a two-hour break or thereabouts and then you go again against another dog. Great for their confidence, great for their fitness and it actually gets them chasing a lot harder and they return to circle track racing with a lot of improvement on many occasions. One man who's enjoying some success on the coursing circuit is Jerry Rigg who trained Lady Christina to win the Victorian Coursing Oaks last weekend at Longwood and Jerry's on the line now. Welcome Jerry, good morning, how are you? Good morning, fine, thank you. Now, Jerry, you've been training for 50 years, and I know you rate this as perhaps your most prestigious win in greyhound racing, which is a great achievement, but I think you're actually probably uh, more excited for your owner, Ross McDonald, who has been involved in coursing for a very, very long time. Ross is, I think he's 80 years old or thereabouts. He used to be a slipper. So for those who don't know what a slipper is in coursing ranks, you have a collar on each dog, a lead on each dog, and you've got to let them go at basically exactly the same time. It's a special collar. It takes a lot of skill to do that. But, um, Jerry, I think uh, I think Ross was uh, quite emotional when Lady Christina won the Oaks. Very excited. He was very happy. So, Ross, tell us, what did winning the Oaks mean to him? I mean, he's been in the game a long time. He's he sort of had some health issues. You're taking him to the track with you every now and then to watch his greyhounds go around and um, to be there on the day must have been extremely special. Uh, it certainly was for us. Uh, as you mentioned, he's been involved with greyhounds for a long, long time. Uh, just like a lot of us, he hasn't had that great amount of success, but uh, this was really the biggest win that he's had in his career or his life. Uh, and it's something he's been trying to do for a long time. So he was very happy, very happy indeed. And for you yourself, uh, you, you'd be well aware how prestigious the Oaks is. It's certainly one of the biggest races on the Victorian coursing calendar. It's an age-restricted event, so for younger female greyhounds, and look, to have a winner in, in such an event, um, it must have just been an emotional time for yourself as well. Very pleasing and very rewarding. Uh, and uh, something I've been trying to do for a long time myself. Uh, good on you. It's a, it's a great effort. Mm. Now, tell us, Jerry, what are the main reasons you go coursing with your greyhounds? Uh, well, the main reason we go is, A, uh, I enjoy it. Uh, secondly, it, in my opinion, it certainly helps them on the circle. When they return to the circle, they seem to race a lot keener. And obviously, uh, if they've been up a few times, they are a lot fitter. So that's basically why we do it. Um, And quite often it gives a lot of pups a little bit standoffish, uh, a lot more confidence when they go back on the circle. Yeah, absolutely, Jerry. It's Molly here. Now, the Waterloo Cup is coming up in just a few weeks. Now, can we expect to see Lady Christina and or any of your other greyhounds competing in this event? Um, I don't think Lady Christina's quite up to it yet. doesn't mean we won't go down, but uh, I'll probably have to bypass the Waterloo Cup. We do have another dog here, an old dog called Quickstep. I'm pretty sure he'd be competitive. Uh, we've just got to think about heading down there with him. 
Absolutely. Well, we'll look forward to seeing whether he's um, in contention for the Waterloo Cup. But look, one more question. For trainers who haven't tried coursing before but may think about trying it, what would you say, what kind of advice would you give them? Uh, well, at the first opportunity, certainly trial at a coursing track. Um, they need to come out of slips uh, so they're aware of what's going to happen. Um, and basically what I do is uh, the second or third time I go there, I... Uh, Put them up once and give them an hour or so break and put them up again. And that uh, seems to switch them on. Joe, thanks so much for joining us this morning and uh, all the best of the future with your coursing. Thanks very much. Nice to speak to you. Andrew Molly, great to have a chat with Jerry there. And Andrew, where can people go if they want to find out more information on coursing? Well, there's plenty of information available online, Trent. Simply go to greyhoundcare.grv.org.au. There's a nine-part video series starring Peter Craig, who has trained a winner of the Waterloo Cup. That is Greyhound Racing's prestigious, most prestigious coursing event. Um, so Peter talks through all the ins and outs, including welfare, um, he talks about trialing at coursing tracks and how to prepare your dog in between runs. So plenty of information there. That address again, greyhoundcare.grv.org.au. It's RSN 927's Off The Leash. Time for the watchdog, Andrew. Any success for the watchdog over the past couple of days? No, oh, has there ever been, Trent? Uh, go back to Saturday. There was two race meetings for the Greyhounds in Victoria on that day, and of the 24 races, the Watchdog picked 11 winners. So that's a strike rate of 46%, wow. if you don't mind. At the Meadows, his top pick was Dinah Gertie, who paid $3.40. While at Horsham, six out of 12 winners, including Atlantic Rose, paying $4.20. And how about this? Talking about coursing, Yakari, fresh from coursing, comes out, Wins at $1.80 after winning the Victoria Derby at Longwood. So terrific effort there for trainer Dallas Massena. It pays to follow the watchdog. If you like make, like making money, and who doesn't, make sure you follow the watchdog. Right, time now for Litter of the Week. Over to you, Molly. And uh, we've spoken about the deeds of Fernando Bale. You've uh, identified a Fernando Bale litter for us. I have. Look, it's hard not to identify a Fernando Bale litter at the moment. He is just dominating um, in the litters. But I've, I've found a female by the name of Golden Tears who was put to Fernando Bale. Um, the, the female was bred by Helen Ivers. Now, I regard Helen as one of the best breeders in Australia. There were four dogs and five females born in this litter, which was born in early July, which makes them less than a month old. But Helen's line, like I said, are absolutely magnificent. They include a, a freakish greyhound by the name of Nellie Noodles, who Robbie Britton trained, and Robbie actually trained Golden Tears when she was racing too. But the mother of this litter, Golden Tears, is a litter sister to 2017 Bendy Cup winner Landmark. Now Landmark was known for his hard chasing nature and of course winning the Bendigo Cup as the second reserve <laughs> but there is no doubt that Fernando Bales is throwing some fantastic greyhounds but some fan- fantastic looking greyhounds I need to mention. Now this litter they have they're absolutely beautiful colours they're fawn and white as well as brindle and white so it'll be great to see those good looking pups on the track. Question without notice uh, do you have a favourite colour dog? Oh look blue. Blue? I think yeah, I, he was you. the first, yeah. oh, my greyhound at home, he was the first greyhound I ever bred, trained and owned with um, Linda Britton. He is a blue greyhound. I remember thinking when um, we'd organised the mating, I was like, all I want is a blue dog called Tonka. And you got your wish. Oh, Linda was like, oh, you know, it might not happen because they were two, you know, black. It was a regal Bart and West on Lee. So they were both black. 
And um, when a blue dog po- popped out, Linda could not believe it. <laughs> and um, yeah, he's been the apple of my eye ever since. Andrew? <laughs> oh, fawn for me. I yeah. love, love that colour. Yeah, beautiful. Um, yeah, I've got to say though, black greyhounds have dominated Victorian greyhound racing for yeah. a long, long time until Fernando's come along. Now we're seeing whites, we're seeing brindles, we're seeing all sorts of colours, which is great. Certainly good for our photographers. Yeah, who, uh, absolutely. You can <laughs> take a better photo. All right, Molly, uh, Gap Dog of the Week, and you couldn't split it this week, so we've got two. No, I had to choose two. I could not at all. Now, they actually previously lived in an, in an apartment together. They're greyhounds by the name of PK and Mickey. Now, PK is an eight-year-old black female, and Mickey is a little bit younger at three years of age, and he, like we mentioned about the beautiful colours, is white and fawn, and the Gap girls tell me, he is one very affectionate pup. Now, if you've happened to, or if you've um, graced the Gap Cafe by any chance, you would have met PK and Mickey, as these two greyhounds have done countless hours volunteering down there. Now, it would be absolutely fantastic if they could be rehomed together. So many people say that you can't just have one greyhound, so why not go into two <laughs> straight away? But look, one thing that I really like about these two, having already been in a home environment, They've already adapted to that life, so it's really half the battle done. But I believe that these two greyhounds will be available for adoption this weekend at our first ever adoption day in the Gippsland region, which, like we mentioned, is at Warrigal. But every day is adoption day at Gap, so if you're looking for two best friends, make sure you go to the Gap website, which is gap.grv.org.au, to learn a little bit more about these two. Guys, that is full time here. Thanks for uh, coming in again today, and we'll uh, do it all again next week and chat all things nationals. Thanks, Trent, and don't forget to Google the Watchdog for your free form guides and expert selections. Want to hear Off the Leash again? It'll be up on iTunes, on Facebook, and on the podcast page at rsn.net.au.